This is the Pulse of Healthcare, broadcast from the Ovation Health Studios. Our podcast targets the challenges surrounding healthcare today in the United States. Our host, Dr. John McCormick, an expert in the industry, offers common sense and pioneering solutions for the future of healthcare. Welcome to the Pulse of Healthcare. This is our third podcast. Pretty exciting. We're going to focus on telemedicine today. Like I said at the end of our last con, uh, our last podcast today, I have with me Chad Stubblefield, and uh, he's been with us every show. And we just kind of want to explore a little bit about why telemedicine is such an integral part of what we're doing in the medical service space for right now. So. You know, Chad's one of our patient advocates, and I'm just going to kick that question over to him. How do how do you see Chad telemedicine as a as as part of the spectrum of care, if you will, within the Ovation platform? Well, a lot of times, what can happen in specific industries is you stay you see like a stagnation based off of how the industry has been moving, how it wants to continue to move, and. Uh, what we see with telemedicine that I think is really important as not only a patient advocate but a 27-year-old is the ability to uh, access your healthcare across a medium that is familiar, right? Healthcare is such an unfamiliar industry. We've spoken to that before. Uh, there's a lot that people maybe aren't realizing about their healthcare or they're not, they don't have the correct tools to access it. I do think that telemedicine is one of those correct tools, right? It's very easy. Um, it, feel, it feels familiar. People video chat, they text, they, you do all these things in your normal life, right? So here is a tool that is just uh, making use of what you already do, right? Well, I tease a lot when I talk about our different, we got a couple of different telemedicine providers that we use. Both of them are fantastic. Um, and I, I tease and I say, you know, I'm the only person in my office that actually sees face-to-face a doctor anymore and I, and I catch a little bit of ridicule for that. It's like, and I get this, why are you going to places where people are sick? Can't they just to give you what you need through the app? And I'm like, I'm sure they can. I just have decades of conditioning to make me do it. I'm not going to say the wrong way, but the least convenient way, really. And it's not like I don't use technology every day. I'm very familiar with it. But something about seeing the doctor face-to-face is kind of my go-to. But I like, I have it, and I have the app loaded up on my phone. Right. And what it does is give me peace of mind. And I know if there's a time that I, if I, I couldn't go see the doctor face-to-face, I really could pick up my phone and do it. And I'm sure I would be just as comfortable doing that as anything else. I just haven't had the, I haven't had the need. Well, and I think what we experienced was um, largely that COVID was that time. Right. There was a there was a lot of kind of, uh, you know, don't go out, limit exposure as much as possible. Uh, Maybe, you know, it it feels a little bit weird during a time of medical crisis to physically go to a doctor's office where other people are or a hospital. 
And so uh, telemedicine, I think, experienced a little bit of a boom because of that as well. Well, actually, statistically, a huge boom. And I'm going to just talk from the company perspective. Ovation's utilization for telemedicine pre-pandemic was about 5% of our population. We're almost at 20% of the population. And when, wow. I, when I look at that on the national scale, they're saying pre-pandemic, less than 10%. Post-pandemic, across all plans, almost 40%. And the trend line on that is up to 80% by 2030. So that's a huge shift in care from face-to-face care to virtual care. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of physicians struggled in that transition through COVID, and now we're starting to come on board not only with the different national telemedicine platforms that are out there, but a lot of them are building telemedicine into their practice. And I think it's a do-or-die situation. Brian. If, if they don't if they don't have a telemedicine access to their practice, their practice is going to become in, irrelevant in the next seven to ten years. Yeah, I, I can definitely uh, I can definitely see that. I think a lot of times too. Um, before you had expressed this, I didn't really see it through the correct lens. But um, you had expressed we were having a conversation a couple months back, and it was the difference between urgency and emergency. Right. Right. And uh, access to telemedicine can actually in, in a lot of situations where maybe because a lot of telemedicine is 24 seven. Right. Right. And having that access in these random dire situations are, hey, I just woke up and, you know, my chest isn't feeling good, but I like I'm breathing. OK, I don't feel anxious or anything like that. You you have this tool that can immediately provide you with some sort of answer or even tell you, hey, you should seek out emergency care. And, and normally it's, I mean, just very quick to access, right? Right. And so let's think about that from a member perspective, right? So I'm a member. I wake up. I have a concern. I don't know if it's emergent or urgent. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. To me, calling into the telemedicine gives me that sense of security. Uh, you know, we know across the United States, if you go to the emergency room and it and it's a non-emergent event, you could end up paying the whole bill. Right. You know, and that's a big deal for most people that don't have a couple of thousand dollars in their pocket to find out they just need a little Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. You know, having that ability to call and say, I called the telemedicine doc and they told me to go. Well, now you've overcome that because you've been directed by a doctor to seek emergency care. So even if you get there and it turns out to be a not emergent situation, you are following doctor's orders. So that overcomes the the pushback that many insurers might give you if you just showed up to the emergency room on your own. It's also um, not, not just in the emergent and urgent situations, but I think one of the other major benefits I've seen in telemedicine is the people that have spoken to me about it from the perspective of mental health, right? I mean, this is a largely an industry that is not only uh, lacking in physician access. Uh, there, there was a statistic I had seen it was about seven, eight years ago, because that was the industry I wanted to go into. Um, and when I was looking into it, you would have states. So it was something like between Wisconsin and its, its neighbor to, the, to the, either the right or left, there was only 
two licensed psychiatrists between those two states. Wow. It, it was it was almost almost how we speak about HVACs, right? It's like, well, it's just not enough. There's just not enough HVACs. And the access to 24-7, especially in those moments where you just need that kind of comfort, uh, can be really big and can, can honestly save lives. I, I probably have a, I have a very compelling story about that. You know, we got into, we've been doing business with one of our providers since we started in 2015, and they've been phenomenal. And they increased their benefit package a couple of years ago to include mental health just prior to the pandemic, really, uh, about six months prior. And uh, I was real aggressive about pushing it out and getting it integrated into the plans, especially for people that didn't have a designated primary care doctor and things like that. And one of our groups is a, you know, pretty, pretty man-centric, you right. know, machine shop, you know, rough dude kind of deal. And I walked in there and we were doing the renewal and I was talking about telemedicine and I basically said, I'm going to put telemedicine on everybody's plan. And they were like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then I didn't think about it. And a year went by. And I went back to renew with this group. And this big dude, I mean, he may have been 6'6", probably 280, easy. Yeah. <laughs> came in, came in, and he's like, you're you're, our, you're my insurance guy, right? And I said, y- yes, I am. And he, I mean, he started almost getting weepy on me. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And turns out that, you know, he got the telemedicine, he went home, and he told his family about it. And his daughter, who was in college, you know, confessed to him about four months prior to our talk <laughs> that she was feeling severely depressed, suicidal, and wow. was able to pick up that phone and call the, the mental health component of the telemedicine. And he said it saved her life, you know, and he was just like beside himself that, you know, he says, I just, I didn't know. I don't have that kind of relationship with my daughter that she would even come and tell me this. But thank God, thank God she had the ability to reach out through this app that I, that I saw no value in and get the kind of help she needed when she needed it. And, and to me, to your point, you know, that's the kind of medical service, if you will, that kind of goes unnoticed and unheard. Because if somebody comes up and tells you the story, you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I do want you to express before we close out today's episode, what, how do you feel about when it comes to being in the industry and telemedicine and the advancements that are being made? Um, what, what's, what's your bottom line from a company perspective? Like, do you, do you feel like it's the same on this side of the industry? Like, if you'll, you'll be obsolete if you don't give people access to this sort of thing? I really think, I really think that the ability to access telemedicine uh, within your health plan is critical. I, I think it ought to be included, not optionally, I think it ought to be included completely in every plan that's offered, all right? But there's more to that. Uh, the problem with a lot of the other uh, carriers is that their their telemedicine isn't integrated with all their other services. So when a member goes out and seeks telemedicine, either through direct primary care or urgent care that's happening over here in this telemedicine silo 
And that data may or may not be flowing back over to the regular primary care doctor or the plan itself. So they don't even know that that transaction took place. And so one of the things I'm very proud about is all of our telehealth, telehealth partners feed us back the data. So we know if somebody engages in that, that they've actually received services. So if there is a follow-on that's needed, maybe maybe that person that had that one-time emotional event, you know, that was good, but we have full-on mental health plans built in that we can get somebody in and get them into some long-term curative care, or if they had a you know, an urgent situation that caused a, that caused something that we can have them follow that back up with their doctor. So all of those things to me are critical. I think it's super necessary. I love the fact, that, you know, I hate the fact that we had a pandemic. I love the fact that it really kicked open the doors for telemedicine and telemedicine regulation because I think that the generations younger than me, your generation, and all the generations are going to follow I really think that that's going to be the first point of contact, you know, instead of an afterthought. Like for me, it's an afterthought. For you, it's your first point of contact. I think that's where the trend line is going to go. Uh, I I believe that 80% in 10 years is going to be telemedicine. I suspect we're going to be in the 90 percentile within 20 20 years. Easy. Yeah. Well, and especially with the increase in uh, technology that allows you to, like the DME, the durable medical equipment, Mm -hmm. people are able to uh, monitor faster and in real time and with less analysis than we have had in previous years. So that data can be transferred back to your virtual provider within seconds. Instantly. And and we've got one of those plans now that heart monitor, diabetic monitor, COPD, yeah, uh, electronic scale. I mean, all the, you know, it's kind of ironic. It's all the things that they're doing in Medicare Advantage plans that we hear all the advertisements for every year, zero deductible and blah, 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 and all these cool benefits. And you're thinking, why do I have to wait until I turn 65 to get all the cool benefits? Yeah. You know, we ought to have the cool benefits when we're young, you know, and where we can work on becoming healthy and having a healthy lifestyle as opposed to waiting until we're sick where we have to use all these electronic things to to help us maintain. We don't want to maintain. We want to get better. You know, we want to move well. And I think, you know, even one of our telemedicines has nutrition built into it. You know, there's, there's weight loss programs that the whole weight loss program is about giving you access to a nutritionist. Super crazy expensive to go to them to get meal planning and access to built into ours. It's free. Yeah. You know, good grief. <laughs> right. They, then you're just asking yourself, why not? Yeah. Right? Why, why am I not using this resource? Why am I not picking up the phone and finding out that I need to eat more celery? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is great. I love it. I think telemedicine's a big deal. Uh, I'm actually going to be at the Teladoc conference here in mid-June as a, as a primary speaker. So I'm looking forward to meeting all the folks there and doing that. And when I come back from that, we'll have a little more to say. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Dr. John. Thank you.